Praise the Lord. Amen. God bless you. You may be seated. No, no, stay here. Stay here. I'm not. No, they may be seated. <laughs> but I just want to say thank you to each one of you. Uh, Brother Pasquale, this isn't your first campaign. This is your, uh, your third. <laughs> and uh, through many, many uh, years of, of serving God together and uh, just seeking to do God's will. Amen. And it took vision. It took faith. It took prayer and sacrificial giving on your part uh, and on the part of all of Victory Church. I just want to thank you this morning um, that, that you, you expended yourself. You gave of yourself and you stood with me as the pastor. And uh, you believed in the vision. You caught the vision. And you believed in it, and you saw it through. Uh, it's one thing to see something. It's another thing to work towards it, to put those steps that are necessary to see the fulfillment of that vision. It doesn't happen in a moment. Sometimes it happens after months and even years. But what happened here was we prayed and prepared ahead of time so that when the time came, we were ready. And so I just want to say thank you for having that vision and faith to stand with your pastor, to believe that we can do this debt-free. Oh, I don't know if you just heard me. We're talking about debt-free, and the price of goods and services went up in some places 30, 40, 50%. We were able to plan ahead and prepare and do our part and, and leave the rest with God. You know, um, uh, we look at what the Lord has done. But how many of you know it takes workers? It takes co-workers. Paul the Apostle said, we are co-laborers with God. Someone once said that without him, we cannot. But without us, he will not. Amen? I wish we could have just said, in the name of Jesus, do a miracle. And this building uh, appeared and all the money appeared. That would have been nice. It would have been easy. But it just doesn't happen that way. So would you all stand together and just let's pray over this team. And I just want to bless them today with prayer and with appreciation. Father, thank you for each one today that stands here in your presence. God, having served you and having been a part of the planning and the strategizing and the, all the work that we did uh, in months and even years in preparation for what we see today. Father, bless them. Father God, just add back to them, God. Reward them for their labor and their faithfulness, God. God, I pray you would show your goodness to them in every area of their life, physically, family-wise, in every way, God. Add your blessing, we pray. In Jesus' name, and everyone said, amen, amen. God bless you. You may be seated. This morning, we, we want to just take time to acknowledge what God has done and God's people have done. During a worldwide pandemic, we were able to raise over $370,000. Amen. That is capital campaign giving that is above and beyond the regular tithes and offerings of the church. And our motto has always been not equal giving but equal sacrifice so that levels the ground for everyone God just calls us all to sacrifice so for some sacrifice was 
500 or $1,000. For others, it was 10 or 20,000. But it wasn't the, the one who gave more that mattered. It was all of us doing our part. Because that's what God sees. God doesn't look at how much you uh, give, but it's how much you have left when you give. He looks at the heart. He looks at the sacrificial spirit. And um, you, you gave, you responded, you did your best to see the kingdom of God advance through Victory Church. Verse 21, when they were building the tabernacle and the people began to give, and I, I just love this phrase, and this phrase is critical because the Bible says that the Lord stirred their hearts. He stirred their hearts to give. You see, that's the work of God. That's God's people responding to what God is doing. And God stirred up people's hearts to give. And they came and they gave. And that's what happened here at Victory Church. God stirred your hearts. We cast the vision. We prayed. We shared. But ultimately, you have to respond to what God is saying and what God is doing. Your hearts were stirred and you gave. And we give God praise. We give God glory for that. Amen. I want to say thank you. I want to say thank you. For those of you that are sitting way in the bleachers, God bless you. We're glad you're here this morning. You're in the cheap seats, but there are some good seats left up. But we're glad that you're here today. We want to say thank you. As your pastor, I want to say thank you, thank you, thank you to all of you that have given so faithfully, that responded to God. God keeps good records. God sees what you've given. Amen. God is a debtor to no man. God sees your heart. He sees what you're given. And I pray and believe for a hundredfold blessing in every area of your life that God would bless and God would reward you. Amen. Amen. I was um, blessed just this uh, a few weeks ago. I got a check in the mail. So unexpected um, from a Christian ministry that we had uh, partnered with and done work with, a ministry with in, in the past. And I uh, got a check, and I know that this particular ministry has suffered greatly during uh, the pandemic financially, but they sowed a seed. Uh, I showed them this, again, just to, I was just rejoicing in what God had done just a few, about a month or two ago. It wasn't looking as nice as it is now, but they sent the check in the mail for $2,500. So praise God. Praise God for his provision again. And then uh, another, per, another friend of ours just Venmoed us $500 to give to the church, to give to this work, because they were blessed to see what the Lord has done. Amen. So this morning we stand here. Faith has become sight. Vision has become reality. Our sacrifice has produced a useful tool and a resource for the work of God. What this is, is a tool. It's a resource. It's a beautiful building. I love Pastor Mike because he, he, he thinks like me. He's very particular, and I'm like that. So I appreciate his eye for things. And he's done a great job in some of the uh, planning and the lay building looking great, looking clean, looking sharp. That means all of you better take care of it. Amen? Every ministry. But you know what? Ultimately, it's just a tool. It's just a resource to be used for the glory of God. Youth will be touched. People from our community will be touched. We'll have banquets here. We'll have fellowship here. And the work of God will go forward in Jesus' name. Amen. Can you stand together with me this morning? We want to take a moment to um, just honor the Lord as we do in every service because we do believe that giving is a part of worship. We have the offering buckets in the front. Thank you again for your faithful giving to the work of God. 
Let's pray together. Father, thank you for this morning. We rejoice in all that you have done. We give you glory and honor and praise today. Father God, we ask you to bless your people. We ask you to just uh, multiply all of their giving back to them, God. Not only financially, because we understand being blessed is not about money only. It's about all the other provisions you make. The peace, the joy, the grace, the mercy that you give us. Father God, bless this offering, the gift, the giver. God, continue to meet every need that we have both as a church and as individuals. In Jesus' name, and everyone said, amen. Come on, let's give joyfully. Come forward. There are ways to give on the screen. God bless you for your giving. Amen. significant that Pastor Mike and Pastor Tara, our youth pastors, have an anniversary on this very day. Come on, you stood at this altar together. You got to stand here together again. Amen. God bless you. God bless you. Happy anniversary. I'd like to also acknowledge um, a couple other people. Our contractor is here this morning, and uh, I have a check for him. This ain't a this ain't a bonus. This ain't a gift. This is this is going towards the expense. <laughs> but um, Mike Barone uh, has been a lifelong friend. I've known him for many many years, and uh, we connected uh, over this building project. And what has been a blessing to me is that Mike has not just been a contractor, he's been a friend. And he has um, 
carry the weight of this project, just not as you know, another job, but, but knowing the significance of the work and being a friend to me. Uh, he has been here uh, times like he, he, he woke up in the middle of the night, three in the morning, and it was raining and pouring, and he was concerned about the drainage, so he came in the morning, uh, three in the morning to come and check things out. And uh, throughout the time, I've, I've had other needs regarding this building and the other building we own, and just asked him, and he was just, he's just been on top of everything, responding to my texts, my calls, and just being a friend and just connecting me with people he knows to get things done. So, Mike, we really appreciate you. Thank you. Your wife is here. Would you stand? God bless you, Mike. And Buzzy. Buzzy, would you stand? Uh, this is right-hand man. He also has been just a great, great blessing, and we just, we appreciate that this work it wasn't just a job, but this was the, you, you understood you were doing something for God. Amen? So thank you, Mike, and uh, put this towards the bill. All right. <laughs> you guys fight that out later. But thank you so much. You're welcome. We appreciate you guys. And also Dennis uh, sitting back in our sound room. Uh, we appreciate you. You have worked so hard with all of the sound, with the video, with Pastor Mike. We appreciate all that you've done, Dennis. Dennis, would you just stand, wave, let us see you there back there. Thank you, Dennis. We appreciate all that you have done to help us, again, going above and beyond just the, uh, the job and the pay, and, but just doing it as unto God, and I pray God blesses all of you and, and just touches your heart, and uh, may you understand the significance of God's love, his mercy, and grace in a special way, even as you're here today, in Jesus' name, amen, amen. amen. Pastor Mike, would you come and just transition us as we just share a few more thoughts and look into the word of God? Amen, amen. I just want to take a brief this moment to encourage you and just share some. I asked Liz to stay up just to play, just to keep the atmosphere. But we just wanna look into God's word and I'd like to share just a few moments of vision of where God is bringing the youth group right now and what he's been doing. Um, something the Lord told me um, and we've just seen God uh, just bring more signs to confirm is we're going to see a wave of God unlocking spiritual gifts in our youth group. And so uh, if you do have kids in our youth group, you're a parent or a guardian, you have teens, I'm going to encourage you, if you haven't already, on your way out, there's a little table and there's a letter um, from Tara and I that just explains the heart of the direction of where this youth group is going to be going and what God wants to do in this uh, new season. We have an amazing team. Um, that God has given us. And at the end, I just want to just briefly pray over each one of them. Um, they are a huge help to Tara and I and are part of this vision. And so spiritual gifts is just something that's not talked about as much in the church anymore. Um, I think people think they know what it is, but um, I want to share in 1 Corinthians chapter 12, just one scripture. And, and Paul writes this, he says, Now concerning spiritual gift, brothers, I do not want you to be uninformed. That word uninformed in the Greek means to be ignorant or to not understand. And I believe that Providence, Rhode Island is actually one of the most biblical illiterate cities in our nation. Can you believe that? And so I believe that God is going to change that and he's going to shift that in this new season. Um, many of you may have heard of Ted Shuttlesworth and 
we had his brother Tiff share um, at the beginning. It was this year, correct? It was this year he came and, and shared. And his brother Ted works in signs and wonders. And he said this about, uh, about the spiritual gifts. He said he did a, a tent meeting in the middle of nowhere. And a church of 45 people set up this tent believing that their town of 300 was going to get saved. And so the first night of the tent meeting, he said 25 people showed up. And he said, the Lord told him, I'm going to do a creative thing, and I want you to pray over everyone and heal them. And so all 25 people lined up. And he had a woman who had cancer, and um, God basically healed her of cancer in that moment. It was documented, and it was gone. He said the next night, the entire tent area was packed. There was standing room only, just because of one miracle. And he said that he jumped in a truck because they had to go get more chairs. And as he was driving down the road, he was in the middle of nowhere. There was a, a, a cornfield on this side and on this side. He said on one side was an Amish community where they were just using their Sith and cutting down the harvest. And on the other side, there was a John Deere combine that was just going at it at the harvest. And so when they went to pick up the chairs and they drove back, they said as he drove back on the right side now, the combine was sitting parked and the entire field was plowed. But the Amish community on the other side, they were, not, they were only a quarter of the way done. And he got out of the car because the Holy Spirit came on him and he prophesied. And he said, the gifts of the Spirit are like a modern day combine and they will bring in the harvest quicker. Outdated and old fashioned methods is how the church is working now, but I am bringing back the gifts of the Spirit. And I thought, what, what an amazing picture to see that God uses gifts in us to bring in a harvest faster. And I believe that God is doing that in our youth group. And so we are beginning a series on the spiritual gifts. And so if you are a parent or a guardian, I want to encourage you, please make every effort to have your teens not miss out on it. We believe that they're standing right on the precipice of miracles beginning to happen in our youth group. Amen? But something else that uh, Ted said, he says, a lot of people are 10 miles long and only one each inch deep. And what he means by that is we have a broad knowledge of the Word of God, but it only goes so deep. He said the only way to unlock these spiritual gifts in our lives is to have a relationship with Jesus. And he says that we need to show ourselves approved. We need to study to show ourselves approved. And that's what we do at youth group. We study the Word of God. He says that we need to bury ourselves in the Word. And the man of God is to be given into the study of the Word of God into prayer. And so in my own life, I've seen God do so much. And something that is really cool for me is to even have my mom sitting here with me. And many of you know she adopted me at the young age of six and took us out of a really bad situation. And God spoke to her and said that I would either be a, a pastor or a doctor. And so I didn't make the grades to be a doctor and I didn't want to be in school that long. So I went the other route. So I didn't believe it, but when doctor said that I wouldn't be alive to see one, God spoke something to her and by faith she believed. And so it's only by God's grace that I'm standing here. But I know that I'm... I know that my desire is for God to unlock the spiritual gifts in my own life. And I want to share a story of, um, I think I've shared it before, but I shared it with the youth group this past week. And we did a cool exercise where we took all the Marvel characters and all of the DC characters and we did a bracket. And we voted to see them going head to head. And we did a bracket and filled it all the way out. We, we're going to have it on our Instagram. We'll post it maybe on the church Facebook page just so you guys can see what superhero came out on top. But when you're younger, you become a fan of superheroes because you love their abilities. You love what they can do. And some of them use their abilities for good, some use it for bad. But 
God unlocks spiritual gifts in us, not because of our past. It's not based on who we are, the grades that we make, the status that we are. He unlocks the gifts in us to further his kingdom, and that's what it's all about. It's to reflect who Jesus is, and so he's beginning to do that. And I remember in my own life when it comes to healings, I remember I woke up and went to church one morning, and I, my ears were red and inflamed and itching, and they were really bothering me. I didn't know what it was. And so we're sitting, and the message is going, and um, my old pastor at that time was in the middle of his message, and then he stopped. And then he began to call out infirmities in the audience. And people were starting to get healed from cancer and kidney issues, very specific things. And then I remember he goes, there's someone in here who has ears that are red and they're itching. And I looked around, I said, I'm not going up there. I said, people are going up for bigger things. I said, I'm sitting right here. So other people got prayed for. And then he called it out again. And they were bothering me so much. I said, I'm finally going to go up. And so I walked up and, and I looked at Pastor Tim and I just said, I'm the one with the itching ears. And he just kind of smirked. But then he put his hands over my ears and he prayed. And whatever it was, was gone. When I walked out of that church, it's never returned. And what that showed me was that our God is a God of detail. Sometimes we think what we're going through is, is less than, and we look at what other people are going through. But God is a God who sees every infirmity and every condition and issue that we're going through. And when we can yield to his spirit and he unlocks those gifts in our lives, oh my goodness, the things that are going to happen in this new season. And I believe the youth are going to do that. And so Tara, my wife, is going to come and just to encourage you, she wants to share some testimonies. As Pastor gave acknowledgement to everyone who has sacrificed and gave, we want you to hear what God is doing in our youth group and in our times of prayer. These are some testimonies from the actual youth of what God has been doing this past year. Good morning, church. I would just tell you, we would not rather be doing anything else on our anniversary than this. This is awesome. So we're so excited for that. So I've got four testimonies from our kids, and they're awesome. So I hope they bless you. Being a teenager in this day and age is hectic. Going to school and being exposed to ungodly things is normal. But being able to go to youth group every Wednesday helps me in the middle of the week. Youth group has helped me a lot personally. Being able to connect with my youth leaders on a personal level helped my faith grow in God. Along with the powerful messages and testimonies I hear week in and week out. I thank all the youth pastors for being the way they are because without youth group there would be no me. Awesome. Another one, recently God has been doing a lot in my life. People who are trying to steer me off the path of God, he has shown me their true intentions and I have been able to remove them from my life the closer I get to him, the more he has been able to do for me, as colleges have already been reaching out to me, even though I am not a senior. I've been making great friends who encourage me to still get closer to God, and I'm starting to see the path he had for my life, and it's definitely a bright future as long as I continue to get closer to him and stay on the path of God. Amazing. Another one, recently God has showed me the importance of going to youth group. It's a safe and positive environment that's hard to find these days. The love and support that I've been given has helped me with the stress and expectations of school. The leaders have helped me remove toxic people from my life and have helped me recognize ones that are trying to steer me away from God's path of my life. I love them so much and I'm so grateful for them. Amazing. This last one is from Isabel. I'm going to say her name. Um, 
because you'll kind of know as I read it. Um, about a month ago, I found out that my aunt has cancer. It was very shocking news to me because if you looked at her, you couldn't tell she was sick. But little did I know that on the inside, she was suffering. After we found out, everyone was on edge and not sure about what we should do. I came to youth group the following Wednesday a little early, so prayer was still going on. Pastor Mike asked if we had any prayer requests, and I wasn't sure if I should have mentioned my aunt or not, but something told me to ask for prayer for her. So I asked if he could pray for my dad, who was traveling to see her, and to pray for my aunt's health. Pastor Mike surprised me by calling me up to anoint me as a stand-in for my aunt. Everyone laid hands on me, and I felt so at ease, and I had faith that God would do something good, and I was right. Now my aunt is out of the ICU, <laughs> and she's traveling back home on Monday. She's smiling and making jokes, and it's all because of God's faithfulness, and I know he will keep on being faithful to me and my family. Amen. And so I just want to take a moment to pray over our leaders. So David, if you could just come, Tara, Maria. Um, the Lord woke me up this morning and I was texting pastors just how exciting today was. We've been coming in and out, checking the youth room the past week and just we've been waiting for this moment. And so I literally woke up. The Lord woke me up this morning and started giving me words and scriptures for our leadership team. So I'm just going to say the scripture and then I'm just going to pray um, over you. But David, the Lord gave me this scripture for you. It said, uh, Jesus says in John 5, So Jesus said to them, Truly, truly, I say to you, the Son can do nothing of his own accord, but only what he sees the Father doing. For whatever the Father does, that the Son does likewise. For the Father loves the Son and shows him all that he himself is doing. And greater works than these will he show him, so that you may marvel. And the Lord gave me a word picture, David. He said that everything that you have gone through are facets of a diamond which reflect the Heavenly Father. And you are a reflection of our Heavenly Father to our youth. And God just wants to say that he's anointing you. And Maria, the Lord gave me the scripture, Zechariah 3, says, Then he showed me Joshua, the high priest, standing before the angel of the Lord, and Satan standing on his right hand to accuse him. And the Lord said to Satan, The Lord rebuke you, O Satan. The Lord who has chosen Jerusalem rebuke you. Is not this a brand? Plucked from the fire. That's what the Lord said about your life. Is this not a brand plucked from the fire? Now Joshua was standing before the angel, clothed with filthy garments, and the angel said to those who were standing before him, Remove the filthy garments from him. And to him he said, Behold, I have taken your iniquity away from you, and I will clothe you with pure vestments. And I said, Let them put a clean turban on his head. So they put a clean turban on his head and clothed him with garments, and the angel of the Lord was standing by. And so the Lord showed me an elevated platform, Maria, and it was being held up by strong hands. God is holding you up. You are walking in a new confidence of what Jesus has done for you and in you. And Tara, the Lord gave me this scripture for you in Esther 4.14, for if you keep silent at this time, relief and deliverance will arise for the Jews from another place. But you and your father's house, and you and your father's house will perish. And who knows whether you have not come to the kingdom for such a time as this. And we know that when Jesus died on the cross, that the temple veil was split from top to bottom, which signified a new covenant where we could come into that place with God. And that God has made you a mouthpiece for this generation, and he will, fill it, he will fill it. I saw you open your mouth, and a sword came out, cutting through fabric. And the fabric led to the inner sanctuary, 
where the teens would experience the presence of God like never before. God is going to use the words to cut through what the enemy has tried to veil and cloak. And Rosita, David, you can stand in position for her. I know she's at home with her family, but the Lord gave me this scripture. And this is how amazing God is because at her party the other day, you mentioned something about how her desire was to become a nurse. And so the scripture the Lord gave me just blew me away. I actually put my hand over my mouth because I couldn't believe it. Ruth 4.16, it says, Then Naomi took the child and laid him on her lap and became his nurse. And because of time, I can't go into the details, but we know that there was a time where Naomi said, she said to them, do not call me Naomi, call me Mara, for the Almighty has dealt very bitterly with me. And I went away full and the Lord has brought me back empty. Why call me Naomi when the Lord has testified against me and the Almighty has brought calamity upon me? So Naomi returned and Ruth the Moabite, her daughter-in-law with her, who returned from the country of Moab. And listen to this, and they came to Bethlehem at the beginning of the barley harvest. So what she thought she had lost, God was bringing her to a place where she was about to have a harvest. And she held, she got to hold what God was doing, the promises of God in her life. And so I felt that over um, Rosita. And so I'm just going to anoint, if we could stand, I just want to anoint them and just pray over each of these leaders. And the Lord showed me empty spots. He showed me empty spots with shadows, which means God is going to add to this team. But right now, this is who God is using. And so we anoint David. We anoint Tara, and we anoint Maria, and David is standing in for Rosita. And right now, God, we just pray. Just feel the Holy Spirit right now. Just, God, we thank you for this team that you have equipped. Thank you for your word and the confirmation, God. Thank you for the word pictures. We lift up David, Rosita, Tara, and Maria. And God, we pray that these words would encourage them that they would be something that would hold them in this season, oh God. We pray that you would begin to unlock gifts in them, God. Lord, words in season would flow out of them over our teens, God. Lord, that you would give them a confidence, God. Lord, let your words saturate their hearts and their minds. Let them walk in confidence of what you are doing in this youth group, God. We pray, God, that they would just have a, a hunger for your word and your presence, oh God. And we thank you for all that you've done and all that you've spoken. In the mighty name of Jesus, we pray. Amen and amen. And as I close, I just also want to, um, as God was speaking, Mike, the Lord showed me something this morning as I was driving in your truck with you the other day. And, you know, we were talking about it being a work truck and the mileage that was on it. Um, the Lord wants to heal you. And I know you've gone through some surgeries, and, but the Lord is going to, he told me that he wants to accelerate some healing in you. And so if you don't mind, if we could pray over you. And um, I just think that what you've done in this church is more than just the physical. I think God has appointed you, and as you have led and, and held so many people, God is working in your life, and you're going to start to see a change. And it's, it's deeper than just the physical, what you've done in this building. And so you could just take my hand. I'm just going to pray. And I think from the top of your head to the bottom of your feet, God is going to bring just an acceleration of healing. Right now, Holy Spirit, we thank you, God. Thank you, Jesus. God, we thank you, Father. We thank you for your healing. And we just pray right now from the top of his head to the bottom of his feet, God, that he would feel the power of the Holy Spirit from his spine 
to his legs that every muscle and ligament right now would come back into alignment with you right now, oh God. We pray for this acceleration, God, and we pray for the spiritual, God, that you have equipped him in this time. Lord, open his heart and his mind. Show him what you have for him, God. I pray for his family, God, in this new season. You're doing something new in his life. And we pray that every doctor appointment would be a good report, God, that they would see an acceleration. We pray that you would return balance, God. Lord, that you would return and restructure his muscles, Lord. Just like in his work truck that is over 200,000 miles, you're going to do a new thing in his body, God. Lord, there's a lot of wear and tear, but you can change things from the inner parts of him. And we pray right now and we command it to come into alignment that strength would fill him like never before, oh God. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen and amen. Amen. And Buzzy, I want to pray for you too, because um, you were part of this platform, building it. And what the Lord showed me for you this morning is when you were building it, there's certain angles and things that have to be done right, measurements that have to be done right. And when it comes to the spiritual things, sometimes it's not about that. We, we, we want to try and fit it in a box, but with God, sometimes he does things that are out of our control. He does things that we don't maybe understand. But I just feel like God is going to do something in you in this season, that you're a part of this, that as you've been working in here, we've prayed over you, we've prayed over your team, and it's, it's going to affect your, your family. It's going to affect your marriage right now. And I just sense the Holy Spirit right now. And so can, can I pray for you too? So God, we just pray right now. We lift up Buzzy, God. We thank you for their work that they have done. You've seen every screw, every nail that's been put in, every joint that has been placed. And God, you're going to do something new in him. And I just pray that he would know that he, has a, that he has a purpose, God, that you have appointed him for such a time as this and the work that you're doing in his life. I pray for his marriage, God, his family, oh God. Lord, that it's not by accident that he's here this morning, that you have a word for him, oh God, to encourage him, God. And I just pray that even when he doesn't understand things, that you would raise his faith to a new level, God, where he would just submit to the work that you were doing in his life. God, we pray that every spiritual joint and nail that you're doing inside of him would build up to be the structure, God, through him, oh God. And we just pray right now, God, let him just feel different. Even when he leaves here today, God, give him a hunger to come back for your word, oh God. And we thank you in the mighty name of Jesus, we pray. Amen. 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 And so just want to pray again one more time as pastor comes to just share vision and just share a message. But this is what God is going to begin to do. And so parents, I urge you, please do not let your teens miss out on what God is doing. He wants to do so much through your kids. And I believe that this generation of teens are going to begin to see healings in their schools. They're going to see healings on the athletic field. We're going to see God do such a work. But they've got to come. They've got to come and be a part of it. And so I urge you, parents, please. And sometimes God moves. And so I want to encourage you, if your life group ends and God is still moving, Come in and sit down just even for 5 or 10 or 15 extra minutes and just allow the Spirit of God to move because that's what he's doing in this season. Amen? I'm excited. So let's just pray and seal what God has done. Heavenly Father, we thank you for this morning. We thank you for the word that has gone out. We pray, God, to seal in these miracles, God, to seal in these words of, of wisdom and discernment, God. We pray right now, Father, that you would just dedicate this place to be a place where spiritual gifts would come alive in the church again, oh God. We pray that these youth would hunger for your presence, God, that they would know your word, Father. They would be in your word and saturate themselves in it, God. 
We pray over their schools, their teachers, every hallway and classroom that they're in, that the anointing oil of the Holy Spirit would flow into every school, God, and that we would see this place filled with teens who are on fire for you to move, God. We pray to see an acceleration of a harvest in this new season. In Jesus' mighty name we pray. Amen and amen. Wow, it is, it is really exciting to be here today. And even Tara, when you came up here and stood here, I, I just remember when she was a little girl in our youth group and, um, and children's church and just to see her, I, I don't know where she is, there you are, but just to see you up here receiving that word, it was good, tuck that away. And um, Pastor Mike, I mean, just to have our own young girl, now a children's pastor here at Victory, it's amazing, so... Only God can do that. But I want to sing a song um, called The Song of the Redeemed. And I, I picked this because I can just hear all of you here being redeemed, but we're going to hear more voices. There are going to be more people in here that are going to sing that song of redemption. Not only young people and teens, but the people in our community. We're gonna, we're, we have this big room now, this, you know, this, this is so, this is bigger than our first church. It's bigger than our second church, I think. But to just imagine others in this community, in the space that we have now, to hear those people come in and sing that song, the song of the redeemed, the song that says, I know Jesus now. And so I know we don't, we don't like to talk about the next, uh, the next uh, stage of having to build, right, when we just get done one. But imagine that God will fill this place to the point where it will become another problem again, a good problem. And so that's what we're praying for, not like super fast. I know Buzzy and Mike and my husband, just you want a vacation and just rest a little bit. But that's what God's done from Branch Avenue, right, to Admiral, to here, and now this expansion. So, you know, we have to connect the dots because it draws a picture of God's plan for Victory Church in this community. So thank God. Thank you for being here. And just we're going to pray this room is going to be filled. Amen. Man doesn't have to ask for wonder. Obviously, that's not the right one, so we're going to hold on. It's a new sound system. He loves to hear the wind sing as it whistles through the pines on mountain peaks. He loves to hear the raindrops as they splash to the ground in a magic melody. And he smiles in sweet approval as the waves crash to the rocks in harmony. Creation joins in unity to sing to him majestic symphonies. But his favorite song of all is the song of the redeemed. Lost sinners now make me lift their voices loud and strong when those purchased by his blood lift to him a song of love. 
pleasing to his ear as his favorite song of all. He loves to hear the angels as they sing, Holy, holy is the Lamb. Heaven's choirs in harmony lift up praises to the great I Am. But He lifts His hands in silence when the weak are saved by grace begins to sing. And a million angels listen as a newborn soul sings, I have been redeemed. That's his favorite song of all. It's the song of the redeemed. When lost sinners now make me lift their voices loud and strong. When those by his love, lift to him a song of love. Nothing more he'd rather hear, not so pleasing to his ear as his favorite song of all. It's not just melodies and harmonies catches his attention. It's not just clever lines and phrases that cause him to stop and listen. But when any heart set free, washed and bought by Calvary, begins to sing. That's his favorite song of all. It's the song of the redeemed. When lost sinners now make Their voices loud and strong. When those purchased by His blood lift to Him a song lift of love, song. nothing more He'd rather hear. None so pleasing to His ear. That's His favorite song of This morning, awesome, awesome, favorite song of all, that's, what, that's the song that we sing, amen. I just want to take a few moments, if you would open up in your Bible to
Amen. 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 How do I know that that was a tongues and interpretation according to 1 Corinthians chapter 12, um, where the Spirit of God comes upon somebody and they speak in an unknown tongue and then the, the Lord gives an interpretation? How do I know that was from the Lord? Um, because that's my message this morning. <laughs> I don't even tell my, my wife what my message is, so I surely didn't tell the sister back there. But uh, the title of my message is A New Word for a New Season. A new word for a new season. So if you would open up to Isaiah 54, God has something he wants to say to you. Turn to the person next to you say, God has something he wants to say to you. Come on, tell them. Come on, help me. Help me this morning. Isaiah 54 speaks of that word, and I'm going to get into it in a second. But um, I believe seasons are changing. I believe that we, in the physical, in the natural, right now, right here, a season is changing. We're going to the warmth of a beautiful summer to the cold of the fall. So a season is changing. In the natural, we see that and we experience it. You know, when the seasons change, what happens? You start to dress differently. You can't wear the clothes you wore in the previous season. You've got you to adapt. You've got to change the clothing for a new season. Um, uh, things change. Colors change. The trees change colors. I just put the cover on, had the cover put on my pool because a season's changing. I'm not going in the pool in the fall. Now, now when we go home at my house, I, I, there's a little game I'd like to play in my mind, um, a little challenge to see how long I can go without putting the heat up. Now, the problem with this game is my wife doesn't like to play. Um, and so I see, how long can we get into October? Can we get into November? So during the, you know, the sunny days, I put all the shades up, let the sun come in, uh, and, and then just hoping that it lasts through the night. And, 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 the, and the key for me is I know i got to put the heat up when I see smoke coming out of my wife's mouth. Then I know it's over. My wife the other day said, we got to click the heat. And I'm like, no, 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 don't do it, don't do it. Um, but I did, I did give in, and we clicked it and let it run a little bit. Then I clicked it down in a hurry. But, see, I, I believe that we're entering into a new season in God's plan and purpose for our lives. Isaiah 54, I want to read it because I believe it is a right now word. It's a right now word, right now for his people. Isaiah 54, the word of God says, sing. Sing, O barren, you who have not born, break forth into singing and cry aloud, you who have not travailed with child, for more are the children of the desolate than the children of the married woman, says the Lord. Enlarge the place of your tent, let them stretch out the curtains of your habitation. Do not spear, lengthen the cords, strengthen your stakes, for you shall expand to the right and to the left, and your descendants will inherit the nations and make the desolate cities inhabited. 
Do not fear, for you will not be ashamed, nor be disgraced, for you will not be put to shame, for you will forget the shame of your youth. That's a good word. And will not remember the reproach of your widowhood anymore. For your maker is your husband. The Lord of hosts is his name. And your redeemer is the Holy One of Israel. He is called the God of the whole earth. Hallelujah. I believe it's a word that God wants you to get into your heart, your mind, your spirit today. You see, you don't know the word until you hear it. And you don't know it, or even though you hear it, you don't really know it until you receive it. You've got to receive it, and, and you have to be ready. Because Jesus once said to his disciples, these are his disciples that were following him for many months and even a, a year or two. And, and he says to them in John 16, I still have many things to say to you, but you cannot bear them. Wow, think about that, that he could speak the words, but, but how many of you know just a word that goes into your mind, and let it, unless it gets into your heart and your spirit, it doesn't profit you anything. So he told his disciples, I've got many things I want to tell you, but you're not ready to receive them. I don't know about you, but I want to be ready to receive that all, God, all that God has for me. I want to be ready. I want to be uh, in, a, in a place of receptivity, in a place that I can perceive and hear and understand what God is trying to say. I believe this morning that your spirit man needs to come alive to hear, and not just with your physical ear, but with your spiritual ear, with your inner spirit, that God is at work. God is doing something. God has a plan. I believe this word is for you. I believe this word is for Victory Church as a whole. You know, sometimes in our life, do you ever have someone ask you how you're doing? And what do you say? Same old, same old, same old. How, how are you doing? Well, same. What, do you, what have you been up to? Same old, same old. Come on, as the people of faith, we shouldn't be saying that. I'm guilty of it sometime. I recently had somebody ask me, how are you doing? And, and I kind of said, like, you know, the perfunctionary or, or what you always say, oh, I'm doing, I'm doing okay, I'm doing good. You know what the person said to me? They said, no, you're doing great. That's right. That woke me up. That, I said, wait a minute. I went back and I told my wife, I said, you know what this person said to me when I said I'm doing good? They said, no, you're doing great. And it was like, hey, wait a minute. It was like a slap upside the head. Wake up. Don't you realize you're more blessed than you realize. You're doing better than you realize. You have God on your side. You have a hope in eternal life. You have God working in you. God speaking to you. God loving you. God forgiving you. God giving you grace. You're doing better than good. You're not doing same old, same old. God is doing something new. Can you say amen? Isaiah 54, to put it in context, is a prophetic word for a time to come. You have to understand, God was speaking in, in, in a period of time when Israel had not even gone to, through uh, the captivity and the judgment that they would experience about a hundred or something years later. God was speaking to them and saying, you're going to go through that, but I'm going to do a new thing. I'm going to bring you out the other side. See, that shows me that God knows what you're going to go through before you go through it. And he already made the plan and he already had a contingency in place to, to get you through that and to bring you through that in a better place place in a better way and do a new thing in your life. Come on, somebody say amen. You see, the nation of Israel, the people of God, prophetically were going to be wiped out. They were going to be barren. They were going to be fruitless. 
they were going to be in captivity. They were going to be judged for their idolatry. But see, here we have a prophetic word given to a messed up nation. A prophetic word given to a messed up people. Aren't you glad this morning God still speaks to messed up people? You ought to be glad because I'm looking at you. And I'm talking about me too. We're all a little mixed up. Come on. We're all a little messed up. But God still speaks to a messed up people that in the natural had no hope. They were helpless. They were hopeless. It was too late, it seemed. But I, I want you to understand something. It's not too late for you this morning. How many of you know age is just a number? Some of your numbers are unlisted. But no, really, some, it's just a number because if you're 20 or 30 this morning and you're going to pass at 35, you're old. Hello? But if you're 50 and you're going to pass at 90, you're young. Isn't that true? Nobody knows. Nobody knows. Just went to a funeral yesterday, and, and, and the one who gave an eulogy talked about, you know, the birth and the death. And he says, you know, there's just a dash between the birth and the death. We only have a dash. We only have a small time. We don't know how much time we or any of us have, but we want to be in the new season of what, whether you're 30, 50, 70, 80, any 90-year-olds here this morning, I covered you all. But we're, wherever we are, we want to be in the place this morning of receiving the new thing that God has. And see, God's people were portrayed in this passage of Scripture that I read. And I want to go quickly, but, but, but just I, I want to get this to you. God is portraying the people who are barren, as a barren woman who had not known travail or born a child. A people whose city was burned, a temple destroyed, their possessions charred and burned with fire, their livestock and their crop were decimated. So the question I have this morning, or what we want to understand is, where do they go? Where do we go from here? How does God expect, listen, I want you to get this. How does God expect his mixed up, messed up people to deal with their lack, with their barrenness? Now this morning, your barrenness might not be in a physical sense, but it might be in a relational sense. You have a relational barrenness. You have, you have some relationships that are broken down. You have some, some situations in family and friendships that are not where they should be at. Maybe, maybe it's financial barrenness. Maybe you've gone through some tough times and, and, and it's been very difficult. Maybe, maybe it's ministry barrenness. You've had a vision in your heart. You've had a burden to serve God and, 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 and there's still barrenness. You haven't seen the fulfillment of God's plan and purpose for your life. So the question is, what do we do when we're barren? What do we do when we're at that place? God gives three commands to his people in this passage of scripture. I want you to see this. The first thing he says is sing. I knew you're going to like that. He says sing. Look at verse one. Sing, O barren. Break forth into singing. Cry aloud. What? God, why are you asking us to sing? We are barren. We are destitute. We're empty. God, don't you know where we're at? God, don't you know what we're going through? You might be here this morning and say, how can I sing? My finances are upside down. 
My kids are off track. My mind is in turmoil. My marriage is not doing that well. People are stabbing me in the back. And on top of it, my mother-in-law is living with us. Listen, uh, that, I just had that in my notes. I didn't know who would be here this morning. Just kidding, just kidding. But God knows. In verse 1, he says, Sing, O barren, you who have not born. In a barren place, God tells you and me to sing and to rejoice. God says, I know you're barren. You're not fruitful. You're not enjoying my blessing but right now, but you will be. See, there's where the faith aspect comes in. I have an answer, God. God has an answer to the dilemma of where you're at today. That answer is sing. Praise, rejoice, celebrate, worship. Philippians 4 4 says, Rejoice in the Lord. And again, I say rejoice. 1 Thessalonians 5 16 says, Rejoice always. Rejoice always. In everything, give thanks. Why do we do what we do here at Victory Church? Why is praise and worship so important in this church? Because it's a priority in God's economy. It's a priority in heaven. In heaven, there is worship. In heaven, they see and they behold the glory of God, un, unaffected by sinful nature, unaffected by any sorrow, any, anything. All the veil is pulled back. We get to see God for who he is, and our soul and our spirit can do nothing but say, Great are you, Lord. Worthy are you. Holy, holy, holy are you, Lord. It's a priority in God's economy. It's important. Psalms 22 verse 3 says, But you are holy. You inhabit the praises of Israel. What does that mean? It means God sits enthroned in our praises. We create an atmosphere for God to come. So the word of God tells us, Sing, sing, O barren. Sing, you who have not born. Sing, you who have not known travail. Why is singing important? Because I believe you can't sing and you can't come complain at the same time unless you're singing the blues <laughs> singing praise and worship singing praise and worship is an act of faith the power of a song we see in the bible that the prophet of God wanted to hear the voice of God, wanted to move in the prophetic and what did he do? he called for a musician and as the musician began to play, the Bible says that the Spirit came upon Elisha. We know in 2 Chronicles chapter 20 in the Old Testament, the people of God are faced with overwhelming circumstances. Enemies are coming at every angle, and the people are outnumbered, and they're outgunned. And what does God say? God says, I want you to send the praises first. In the battle. Imagine how foolish that looks. That an army, armies are coming against you. It's a warfare. And there you send the singers and the musicians going first. It's foolishness in the natural. But we don't function in the natural. We function with a spiritual mindset. And so the Bible says they would have praised the Lord. And they would have said the Lord is good. And his mercy endures forever. And the Bible says as they sang. As they sang. As they prayed. 
raised. What did God do? God set ambushes against the enemy and they began to devour and kill one another and God's people were victorious. That takes faith when you're overwhelmed and everything's against you. But when you begin to praise, when you begin to worship, you know what God spoke in that same context, that same story? He says, do not fear. You will not need to fight. Stand still and see the salvation of the Lord because the battle is mine. When we understand that, when we understand that God Almighty in his love, his mercy, and his grace are on our side, he's with us. Even when we're not perfect. Even when we make a mistake. Even when we fall short. Even when people speak against us. You know what? We still praise and worship God because he's worthy. You see, God's part, he fights our battle. Our part, sing. Sing. Praise. Sing to the Lord. You see, when God is enthroned in song and praise in the midst of your problem, the miraculous provision of God is released. You see, again, I want you to understand, our call is to sing. And before the answer appears, we sing, we rejoice. And that's a call to faith. Now, some of us this morning, we have little faith. And we can sing when we have a small or minor problem. Some of us have a little more faith. We can rejoice, and and when things are difficult, we can give thanks. But still others are growing in their faith that when they're barren, when they're fruitless, when there's nothing, you can sing a new song unto the Lord. Where are you at today? I don't know all the details of the depths of your need, but I do know God said, in praise when it's clear, I want you to sing in praise when it's foggy. I want you to sing in praise when people are patting you on the back. I want you to sing in praise when people are stabbing you in the back. I want you to sing in praise when people are speaking well of you. And I want you to sing in praise when people throw you in a well. Come on, praise him, sing, rejoice, give God thanks. The second command, the second command God gives to a people who are barren, to a people who are, have nothing, the second command is expand. That does not make sense. Look what the word of God says. It says, enlarge the place of your tent. Stretch forth, lengthen, expand. Isn't that so crazy? Doesn't make sense. God tells a barren people, metaphorically, coming out of captivity, small, little area, little to to show, gates are burned, walls are broken down, there's lack, there's depravity. He says, sing. And then I want you to expand. I want you to lengthen the cords of your tent. Tents in Bible times, the Israelite people in the Middle East, they understood that well because they were nomadic people. They would travel from place to place. They lived in tent for, for centuries. So they understood the metaphor. They understood the concept. I want you to expand because you're going to grow. But I'm barren. God, I failed. God, I made mistakes. God, how can you forgive me? How can you use me? God says expand. God, it doesn't make sense. It's not supposed to make sense. That's why it's called faith. You see, there's a season of faith that God wants to bring us into. In that season of faith, because of the faith we have, we begin to prepare for a season of fruitfulness. 
See, I don't know if you got that. See, verse 2 says, enlarge, stretch, lengthen, strengthen, expand. Because verse 3, here's the promise of God. What is the promise of God in verse 3? It says, for you shall expand to the right and to the left, and your descendants will inherit the nations and make the desolate cities inhabited. Hallelujah. You see, I remember when we began uh, this, this whole project, um, the campaign to raise the funds, begin to share about what we were going to do. I remember someone saying, and I remember maybe some of you said this, um, but I didn't hear you. But some, one person said, why are we building a youth expansion? We don't have that many youth. Why build? Why expand? Do you want to know why? Because there's a passage of scripture that says, when you're barren, when you seem to have little, expand. Stretch forth. In the world, in business, they would say that is having vision. In the church, they got it from us. We're the people of vision. We believe when we don't see it yet. And so we, by faith, move in obedience to the command of God that says, although you're barren, although you haven't travailed, although you don't have anything to show for it, I want you to stretch forth, I want you to expand, I want you to build. Amen. Amen. Because it's a true expression of faith in obedience to the command of God. What does the Bible say? By faith, Noah built an ark. 120 years, Noah is building an ark in the middle of nowhere where there's no rain and there's no water. Imagine that for a a building project, Mike. 120 years building a boat in the middle of nowhere where there's no rain and there's nothing. 120 years. Why? The Bible says Noah, being divinely warned by God, moved in faith. You say, well, he was warned by God. God spoke to him. How many of you know God speaks to us? And it's no, no magical thing. It's not like he, he, he had to persevere through that. He had to labor 120 years when there were people saying, you're a fool. It hasn't rained on the earth. There's no water. You're an old fool. 120 years. But you know what? When, when Noah, Noah might have went into the ark in the minority, but when he came out, He was in the majority. He might have went in and they thought he was a fool, but when he came out, he was was the one that God blessed and honored and and, and caused him to be fruitful and multiply and fill the whole earth. Why? Because he moved by faith. What is God trying to say to you this morning? What is God, God trying to communicate to you? God is saying, expand your thoughts. Some of you, you've got to expand in your mind before you can expand in other areas of your life. Maybe some of you think, how can God use me? I'm too old. I'm too young. Maybe some of you, I've failed God. If, if, if you only know things I've done, I might not know, but I know the blood of Jesus is still powerful enough to cleanse and to deliver. You say, how, God, how can God use me? I don't have any talents and abilities. You know, God has a way of multiplying zeros. You see, God is saying, expand. Psalm 2.8 says, ask of me, and I will give you the nations as your inheritance. Is there anything too hard for God? 
Is there anything too difficult for the Lord? Imagine what God has done up until this point. If we can just believe Him for what He will yet do. Do not be limited by your thinking. Do not be limited by your abilities. Do not be limited by what people say. Do not even be limited by your own constructs and concepts of your own mind. Let God enlarge you. God is saying more is coming. God is saying something good and great is about to happen. You see, we move in faith and expectation of what God will do. When victory outgrew its first meeting place, our first meeting place, the whole building, 2,200 square feet. That meant the bathrooms, that meant the kitchen, that meant the offices, that meant the nursery. 2,200, the whole, every square foot that we had to use in this building right here is bigger than that building. That whole, our whole first. See, we needed a building. There was no building in sight when we were in that small little place and growing. No prospect of a building. But what happened? We started a building fund by faith as we were studying the book of Nehemiah that talked about rebuilding the walls of Jerusalem. And you know what? As we started to give, as we started to believe what God did through Nehemiah, we believe he can do through us. God opened up 770 Admiral Street. We expanded and we grew into our second building. But God said once again, expand to the right and to the left. That's what we did. And we believe that God has proved himself faithful. He's blessed us. And we believe he will do it again. Amen. My last point, and I'm going to bring this to a close. The third command that God gives to a people who are barren, to a people who had not born, to a people who are desolate, God says, be confident. He said, sing. He said, expand. But now he says, be confident. Look at the words. Look at the verse. Verse 4, it says, do not fear. Do not be ashamed. Do not be disgraced. You see, the people of God were called to approach the future with a confidence that no matter what their history was or even their present was, their future was going to be different. I'm telling I'm so grateful for a God who knows how to, how to do a new thing in our life, who knows how to bring us back from the very precipice of, of destruction, who knows how to renew us and restore us. I'm talking about a God who can do the impossible. It says, fear not. Be confident. Why? Because God is in control. Let me tell you, I've been a Christian for over 40 years, and I believe we're living in the craziest time in the world that we've, I've ever seen. And, and uh, being a student of history, we're living in a crazy world. Right is wrong. Wrong is right. And all of the confusion over all of the politics and all of the morality of this world, I'm telling you, it's a crazy time. But you know what? I still believe that God is in control. I still believe God is on the throne. And I still believe Romans 8.28. We know that all things work together for good to those that love God and to those that are the called according to his purpose. How can we be confident when we've gone through failure, when we have a past. But you know what? There's some wisdom. I want to look at uh, the wisdom of, of that little video clip um, 
that some of you are really going to appreciate if we can just show that. What was that? <laughs> the weather. <laughs> Very peculiar. Don't you think? Yeah. Looks like the winds are changing. Ah, uh, change is good. Yeah, but it's not easy. I know what I have to do, but going back means I'll have to face my past. Mm. I've been running from it for so long. Ow! Jeez, what was that for? It doesn't matter. It's in the past. <laughs> yeah, but it still hurts. Oh, yes, the past can hurt. But the way I see it, you can either run from it or learn from it. Ah, you see? So what are you going to do? First, I'm going to take your stick. No, 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 not a stick. Hey, where are you going? I'm going back. Good. Go on, get out of here. <laughs> Some of you are going to go home and watch The Lion King tonight, right? <laughs> but what, a, what a, a bit of wisdom from Rafiki. Yes. Told Simba, you could either run from your past or you can learn from it. It's a wise, wise truth, isn't it? And you see, the past, he said, the past can hurt. But the way I see it, you could either run from it or learn from it. And God, in his word, has, has told us so many truths. He was saying to his people in, in the verse, forget the shame of your youth. That was the Egyptian bondage that they were under. Forget the reproach of your widow, widowhood, and that would be the Babylonian exile. And so what God was saying to his people, listen, you have a past. You might have failed. You might have made mistakes, you might not have followed through on what I called you to do, but you know what? That's in the past. The past is in the past. God says, I do a new thing. It shall spring forth. Shall you not know it? Now, how did that sister know that the word of God this morning, behold, I do a new thing? God's trying to speak to you this morning. Come on, do you have ears to hear that this morning? You say, but you don't know what I'm going through. God already covered that in his word. He spoke to a people, barren, desolate, had not born, and he said, I want you to sing through it. I want you to expand through your nothingness. God, my business is nothing, but I want you to build a bigger building. God, I don't have any clients. I don't have any income. That's what God was saying. And then he was saying, be confident. You see, this morning... As I close, the, the future is secured by God. That's what God says. He's our provider. He's our protector. He's a covenant-keeping God. Yeah. You see, we need to break a mindset that, that's one of fear and one of trepidation and one of discouragement and one of negativity and one who always says, no, 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 it can't be done, to one who says God can do all things, one who says God's doing a new thing. The enemy of our soul, the devil, loves to play Put our, put our, our memories on the, the, the playlist on repeat. Our past failures, foolish things we've done, hurts, pains, wounds. Revelation chapter 10 verse 12 says, The accuser of the brethren who accused them before the Lord day and night. Think about that. You wonder where those thoughts come from? The devil's at work day and night. 
He accuses us before God day and night. But the Bible says he's been cast down. Hallelujah. He no longer has the same power. He can remind you of your past. We all have a past. But the difference is that the blood of Jesus Christ was shed on Calvary. What can wash away my sin? What can make me whole again? Nothing but the blood of Jesus. Would you stand together? with me this morning. I'm going to ask the singers and the musicians to come back as we, as we close. Thank you for your patience. Thank you for being here this morning. But I believe that we're here to celebrate the goodness of God. I believe that we're here to hear a word from God. God's saying to you this morning, behold, I do a new thing. You shall know it. It shall spring forth. You will see it. You will experience it. Hallelujah. Amen. Amen. The Lord tells us to sing. And I want to close with a song. And then I'm going to pray. But to sing to the Lord in the midst of our difficulty. Come on to sing this morning, even if it's through tears, because you're hurting so deeply. God has not left you. I said God has not forgotten you this morning. God knows where you're at. And he says, I'm doing a new thing. I'm doing a new thing in your life. It's a new season. Come on, seasons are changing. You can't wear the same clothes you did in one season as you do in another season. Come on, you don't dress up from where you're coming from. You dress up from where you're going. Amen. Some of you woke up in pajamas, but you, but you knew where you were going. You were going to the house of God. You dressed up to get here. Come on, get ready. Dress up. Put on the garment of praise. Come on, put on the garment of praise for where you're going this morning. Come on, I want us to sing. Come on, I want us to sing this morning. And I want you to just focus on what God is going to do, believing and trusting Him and say, God, I'm singing in faith this morning. God, I've got barren relationships. I've got barren finances. I've got barren family situations. But God, I'm going to sing in obedience to your word and see what you will do. Come on, would you close your eyes and lift your voice and sing this morning? You are here, moving in the midst. I worship you. I worship you. You Yeah. 
confirmation after confirmation after confirmation and it's not only about the church it's about our lives God's about to do a new thing as pastor was speaking this morning and there's great great things that are about to happen it's about to break through so we have to continue to believe and press in you know after the fast we were having the uh, mighty move of the spirit every sunday every wednesday and god is doing something in each and every individual that believes god for a miracle and we all need a miracle in our lives in one way or another so let's pray let's believe let's praise god once again we continue to sing we continue to rejoice even when we're going through the tough times, we got to still continue to pray. We all have things in our lives that we're believing God for, things that we are not seeing right now, but he's working even though we don't see it as we were just singing. So, Father, right now, we give you all the glory today, God. We praise you for what you have done and what you're about to do. Father, we praise you, God, because you have been so, so good to us, so, so faithful to us. So, God, today I just pray, God, for each and every one here, God, God, that you would seal your word that you have spoken to us, God, and that we will continue to believe and expand and be 
confident, God, in all that you have spoken to us today and what you have spoken to our hearts individually. And so, God, go with your people today. Let your Holy Spirit continue to minister to each and every one and let the peace of God rest upon each and every one here today. And when everyone said, in the mighty name of Jesus, amen. Amen. God bless you. Have a great day. See you back on Wednesday.